This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome in to Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, and I'm joined by our professional sports better, Dave Essler. Dave, just want to recap last Monday's pod. We ended up going 2-0, and and we are starting the month of May in Major League Baseball out on the right foot. Plus, just the content in general has just seemed like it's stacking success on top of each other the last couple of weeks. I think we've been uh, spot on here the last few podcasts. Well, you just set us up for failure there. You know, maybe we should just not do another podcast till June. I mean, <laughs> then we can we can hang on to those that may the May numbers as positive. I mean, you know as well as I do, this works both ways. But honestly, I'm pretty happy with the content. You know, even even the NBA we've thrown out and some of the other things have have all honestly all mostly been uh, winning winning content for sure. Yeah, I tracked the NBA bets, Dave. And now we didn't really give out any official picks on the NBA, but I think we went like three and one. I know I threw out the Lakers liking them just based off of the lack of rest for the Warriors. And I think you even chimed in. You liked the Lakers in the first half. Both of those swept. Boom, boom. Same game. Yeah. You know, when you get seeing things well in the NBA playoffs, you can do well because that whole zigzag theory, just go the other way in the next game because the numbers aren't. Uh, the, the books haven't reacted enough, and and if they have, they're begging you to to think that you know Denver will pound the crap out of Phoenix again, and that's when you got to be careful. And if you want to find any of our work, you can find me on Twitter at rowdy underscore razor or Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. You can also find some of his work at pregame.com. Dave, I kind of want to jump into these Major League Baseball games. As always, we are recording here on Thursday, May 4th, and these games will be good for the MLB slate on Friday, May 5th. So, Dave, the first game I wanted to look at, it's actually an 840 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be between the L.A. Dodgers, and they'll be taking on the uh, San Diego Padres. Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers. Joe Musgrove on the mound for San Diego. What do you got for this game? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to take Kershaw just because he's the name and the name that's quite capable. And, you know, he's not what he was, but he, you know, but then when I looked at Musgrove, who's he's thrown two games since coming off the IL with a fractured big toe. He hasn't looked good. Uh, And after that, both games were against division opponents, as, of course, the Dodgers are. You know, having said that, I, I mean, the, the Padres pens finally started getting people out, which of course uh, once and the Dodgers as well. And, and the Dodgers pen had been awful. Uh, so whatever I do here, uh, it is not, it can't be a full game bet, you know, back to Kershaw. He has been splendid recently. And then his first three starts, he did allow runs all to division opponents. I mean, both teams have been scoring. Uh, the Dodgers put up double digits in all three games against the Reds and, Padres have averaged almost six runs a game the last eight outings. But, you know, taking the over, unless it's at seven, that won't happen. Uh, I figure both teams may get to three. But what I can do is take the Dodgers' first five. Uh, And with all the other variables, though, um, I I like the bet. But it's really a process of elimination for me. I mean, I just don't want to do the too easy thing. But Dodgers' first five. Well, I guess we're going to have a disagreement on our very first one. Maybe not a disagreement, but to a point. I actually looked at this game and I kind of leaned with the over seven and a half for the game. 
reason being is you kind of mentioned it. Uh, Kershaw has been pretty good, but Musgrove is coming off of an injury. Hasn't looked the greatest in his first couple games. Wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even make it to the fifth inning. And that's where you bring in the bullpens. You mentioned how they've been better, but these are two bullpens overall that haven't been good this year. And we know that Roberts isn't going to let Clayton Kershaw go too deep into these games, especially in the first couple months. He's proved that the last couple of years. With the Dodgers and the Padres offenses starting to come alive a little bit to where we thought they would be going into the season, I actually like the over, over seven and a half for the uh, the game here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, for me, it would have to be seven. And the reason being, if both teams get to three, it's going to be at least a push. And if it's three, three in the in the ninth and they go to extras, well, you got a pretty good chance of getting more than one run. I mean, that, that half run definitely scares me away. I mean, I wish you the best of luck, but I I kind of don't agree. Do you what do you think about this though when it comes to like Musgrove and Kershaw? We know that if Kershaw is good to throw seven innings, Roberts probably keeps him out there for six. Uh, Musgrove, we have no idea how many innings he's going to log because he's a guy that could throw seven, eight, nine innings, but he's also a guy who he's coming off of an injury, hasn't pitched well. I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled him after three or four. Yeah, but I go I go back to um, both of them when they get hit are against other division opponents. But so I can see your point, but I just, you know, the, the capability is there for, Kershaw to throw, you know, five shutout innings. And I don't think Musgrove can. Uh, so, you know, I had to go back to Dodgers first five. I mean, at seven, I, I would make that bet. At seven and a half, I, I just can't. All right. So the first game between the Dodgers and the Padres, Dave does like the Dodgers in the first five innings. And I would lean with the over seven and a half. Looking at the second game here that we wanted to talk about, it's the 6:20 Central Time first pitch between the Baltimore Orioles and the Atlanta Braves. You have Dean Kramer going for the Orioles, Max Freed going for the Braves. Dave, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I mean, Freed's a legitimate Cy Young contender. I mean, so far this year, he's allowed one earned runs in four games with none of them that actually left the park. But I think a lot of people don't know how good he really is. and But it was almost too obvious to take the Braves for the first five, given that they play in Miami this afternoon. Uh, and I have that first home game back situation that I'm always leery of. I mean, I do think the Orioles are going to regress to the mean. I mean, they're 15 and five in their last 20 games. That sounds all well and good. But, you know, here's the list of teams they've faced. Kansas City, the Tigers twice, Boston at home, Washington, the White Sox at Oakland. So, you know, I, I think they're a paper tiger at this point. And, you know, Cream is just not very good. His season-long ERA is over six. His whip's over one and a half. So just take Atlanta, I guess. But, you know, the one thing I'm always leery of here is the Braves, they could rest starters uh, after, a, after a road trip, figuring that Freed really just needs a couple of runs. I mean, you know, after all, the Orioles are 10-4 and four against lefties. Um, but I digress. I mean, there's lefties one they've never seen. Uh, I really have no other option than to take Atlanta uh, for the first five minus a half a run. I mean, the full game run line is probably A-OK, but, you know, I really don't like not having that last that bad. I mean, for me, it's a math thing, even if it's tied or a one-run game. You know, you're forfeiting 11% of your at-bats, so I, I tend to not do that with home teams. So 
I will take the Braves minus a half for the first five innings. Well, we are in agreement on this one. I'm with you. I like the Braves in the first five on the run line minus half a run. You basically said it. Max Freed is just that good. And Dean Kramer is not that good. I mean, I can go right down his starts uh, against Boston, gave up five earned in three innings. Yankees, four earned in five innings. You can go right on down the list. He's given up four or five runs in every single start except for one. And that was against the Nationals, who clearly are not a good team. Hell, he even gave up four against the Oakland A's, who aren't a good offense. So I think this is the simple, easy one. Let's look at the Braves. Even if the Braves rest a guy or two, I feel like they could easily lead this game one to nothing uh, or even more than that through five innings because Freed is that good. And in my opinion, the Braves offense is good enough to get at least one on Kramer. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you there at all. You know, I, I do want to see the lineups and I guess I'll look and see who the who the Braves are putting out there this afternoon against Miami. That will give you a clue if they put out the A team. They could rest people tomorrow. Uh, if they don't put out the A team, they obviously will tomorrow, and I would like that bet even more. Of course, the, the odds will reflect that because, you know, bookmakers know that. So I'm going to go out on a limb here, Dave, and I actually think the Braves rest some people against the, the Marlins tonight. I gave out the Marlins on uh, our morning show. It feels like with all of the games the Braves have played in the last three days, playing four of them, that they are going to try and rest players, especially because now they're starting to have some injuries into the mix. That'll be me going out on a limb though. I think they rest players today. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they will one of the two days and you're probably right. Um, it probably is today, but you know, still, you know, for me, I, it's hard for me to bet on probabilities. Um, so, you know, if, if I'm, if they do not rest starters and I have to pay uh, a bigger VIG tomorrow, I'll, so be it. I mean, I, I don't see I don't see how they don't uh, lead after five if they have the A team out there. I mean, I mean, I think Kramer could probably give up runs to uh, Pawtucket Red Sox, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like Dave and I both agree on our second game, both liking the Braves in the first five innings on the run line minus that half a run. Dave, looking at our third game that we want to talk about here. It's going to be a 6.05 first pitch central time. Going to be the Boston Red Sox taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. This one in Philly. Chris Sale on the mound for the Red Sox. Uh, Zach Wheeler on the mound for the Phillies. Uh, what are you thinking for this? Yeah, I mean, I always have to answer the first question first. And for me, it was how do I not take the Phillies who have Thursday off while the Red Sox don't? I mean, the first thing I can rule out really is the Phillies for the full game. I mean, they quite possibly have the worst bullpen in baseball. Um, surprisingly enough, they've been pretty good at home, and that just split disparity is actually pretty huge. Still, I, I just can't risk betting on the potential of that bullpen to really suck. I mean, remember, this is a Phillies team that just allowed the Dodgers, I know it's the Dodgers, but 36 runs in three games. Um, granted, Wheeler did not pitch in that series, uh, and I will say that he does have the numbers, but then I looked at who he played and until he beat Houston um, and Houston isn't as good as Houston was. Um, they hadn't seen him. Um, he hadn't faced any, in my opinion, good offenses. I mean, sale does have an upside. Uh, he started miserably, but two of his last three outings have been six innings plus with only one earned run. And the start that wasn't good division opponent, Baltimore. Uh, so I can get, uh, to Boston or the Boston run line, maybe. 
probably not. As much as I actually trust their pen playing Thursday night against Toronto, uh, who they've already beaten three of the first four games in that series, I think that's likely to take a fair bit out of them. Uh, I, so I want to take Boston and sale for the first five innings. But you know, the Phillies are under 500. They're three and six against lefties. Um, but this is Harper's first game back at home. Maybe it energizes at least the fans. Um, so, you know, I can see taking Boston run line for the first five plus a half. But I think the best bet to me here is the first five under. I mean, I doubt Boston can continue to rake on the road. Uh, and Sale can do just enough. Uh, and I would admit that this game was probably one of the most difficult of all of them. Uh, because all those things I mentioned make some sense. But I think the most one... Most sense is the first five under. I'm on the same vein in the first five, but I just, I went and kept it simple. I think Zach Wheeler, when you look at it, both him and Sale, Sale's obviously been around a lot longer than than Wheeler has. At least it feels like it. Neither guy has a ton of familiarity with the other team. So I guess I can kind of get where you're coming from with the under, but I just went with Zach Wheeler. I mean, he's he's been much better at home in his career splits. And I, I just am not sold on Sale. I feel like we saw the best days of Chris Sale years ago. And like you said, just in general, that Boston, they're playing today. They got to travel. Philly was uh, obviously had the day off on their flight home from the West Coast. Uh, get them rested up. I'm not even – I don't care about that. I'm, I'm going to take the bullpens out of it. I think uh, Wheeler in the first five minus the 145 roughly – is where I would put my money. Yeah, I mean, I can totally get behind that. Uh, to me, it was just one of those things that, you know, like I said, when I went through them, all, all of those bets have merit. I just had to find the one that I thought probably had the most merit. And, you know, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, so, but I also qualified that by saying the, the fact of the matter is uh, I don't, feel that strongly about it and i would agree with that too it's not this isn't one i'm running out to bet right away but uh for the third game between the red Sox and the phillies dave leans towards the under in the first five inning and i lean with the philadelphia phillies on the money line roughly minus 145 in the first five innings dave looking at our fourth game here gonna do the uh chicago white Sox. they'll be taking on the cincinnati reds now this is a 540 Central Time first pitch. You got Lance Lynn on the mound for the White Sox, Hunter Green on the mound for the Reds. This one was one that I, I felt like I had to look at for a while, but then some things became clear. Well, what became clear? I'm curious to know. Well, instantly I wanted to take this game over. Just because Lance Lynn has been awful and historically Hunter Green uh, has struggled more at home than on the road. But that makes sense due to the little bandbox that is Great American Ballpark. Then at the same time, I'm sitting here and the wind is blowing in a decent amount here, Dave. I know we talked about this in the past. It's about eight miles an hour the entire game and it's supposed to be 70 plus degrees. I wasn't completely all in with the over there. And then I kind of just got right down to it. Hunter Green has been throwing the ball decently well here. Lance Lynn has not. And, you know, I think looking at it, the Chicago White Sox bullpen is arguably one of the three worst bullpens in baseball. 
the fact that Hunter Green has basically went six plus innings the last two out of three starts, giving up less than two earned runs. I, I got to side with the Reds for the full game on the money line. I know that it's it seems pretty bland, but Chicago is probably one of the biggest disappointments this season outside of the Cardinals. I mean, this is this is a team that is ten and twenty one, just four and twelve on the road. I mean, Cincinnati's not great, but they have thirteen wins. Nine of them are at home, so uh, I think I will ride Cincinnati on the money line. And weirdly enough. Uh, they're minus 105 on the money line currently looking at DraftKings. Uh, the comeback on the White Sox, minus 115. Yeah, I mean, first things first here. I mean, Chicago plays Thursday, today, in the afternoon. Well, the Reds actually have the day off. And, you know, full disclosure, Lynn's on that that list of pitchers that own me. Uh, but to be fair, uh, he hasn't won a game this season, and he's got some uh, pretty lofty, awful numbers. You know, then I see last week he really threw well at Tampa Bay. So the upside's there. Um, but given that the White Sox still lost that game 12 to 3, uh, there's the reason I can't take him full game. It was the pen that allowed eight of those 12 runs. On the other side, the Reds' pen's actually been serviceable, especially at home, which would kind of make me agree with you there. But the funny thing about Green, in six starts, he's had five no decisions, and the Reds lost three of those games. So I'm kind of rethinking the Reds' pen being serviceable. I mean, Green can be a bit of a head case, uh, or maybe I'll put that more kindly. He loses focus at times. Um, but he's going to strike people out. Uh, it's the Reds that have the better record, and I think it's the Reds that are a better team. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati for the first five. Uh, but I can I can see your advantage, Reds' bullpen. I just see where Green has been kind of victimized by it. So I'm just going to take the first five Reds on the money line. I think that may be my... That may be my my official best bet. Yeah, I, the only reason why, I get where you're coming from, because if you look at Cincinnati, they're kind of a middle-of-the-road bullpen when it comes to ERA, but the uh, whip is a slightly higher than you would like it for where their ERA sits. But, man, you look at the White Sox, almost a 6.5 ERA and a whip of almost 1.7 as a bullpen. I, I just I thought that was a little bit more valuable. But I, I can totally see where you're coming from. We're kind of on the same vein here. Cincinnati for the, the game or Cincinnati in the first five? Yeah, I mean, we, we both see the same thing. And, you know, it's funny that anybody that handicaps sees the same thing, but it really depends how you interpret it. You can you can get cute and make numbers say whatever you want. I mean, I could, I could build a powerful case for the White Sox, but I would be totally, you know, looking at needles and haystacks on maybe Lynn's upside because he pitched well last week at, at Tampa Bay. I don't know, but. Um, you know, that's, that's the danger and the beauty. It's funny that, we, you know, we all look at the same numbers, but don't all come to the same conclusions. So I guess it's a matter of who you trust me, me or Roddy. <laughs> well, or you could just say, uh, see if you can't double up and win both in the first five and the full game or on the flip side, you could also lose both. Yeah, and then Hunter Green comes out and tweaks his elbow in the first inning, and Lance Lynn pitches like he did in Tampa, and we'll be just super pissed. So, so <laughs> well, I know how this goes. I'll, I'll just stick with my Reds first five. So speaking of seeing the board clearly and being able to look at the numbers and then come up with certain things, there are still some games where I can go through everything, and I'll just say, I don't know. And that's exactly what I came up with for our final MLB game. 
535 Central Time first pitch. We got the Toronto Blue Jays uh, visiting the Pittsburgh Pirates. Chris Bassett on the mound for Toronto. Rich Hill on the mound for the Pirates. I honestly had nothing for this one. I, I couldn't get to one side, one total, one anything. And I finally just wrote something down to write something down because I have no opinion on this game. Well, I appreciate your integrity there. I mean, I looked at it and, you know, I almost wanted to blindly take the over no matter what it was with both of these pitchers. I mean, Bassett, you know, we know he'll can be lit up and, and Bassett made a lot of his, uh, you know, his money in Oakland where it's a huge park. So, uh, but when I do that, both these guys have six inch shutouts. I mean, you know, Toronto's coming in, as I mentioned earlier, off that big series in Boston that regardless of Thursday night, they're going to lose. So, you know, they're going to be a little salty, but, or maybe they just can't recover if Boston sweeps them. I mean, the Pirates are in first place, but they travel up from Tampa Bay where their offense has just gone like super cold the last few games. But, you know, I think that could be somewhat magnified by the fact that the Rays may have the best starting pitching in baseball. Uh, What I will say about the Pirates is their bullpen over the last week has been spectacular. And it really hasn't been awful much this season. So Pirates full game is at least an option for me at this point. Um, So, you know, let's look a little bit further. Um, You know, Hill's split show and being awful at home, uh, but a deeper dive says that was really a result of one game in his second start. I mean, he pitched well against the Reds and Astros and the other two home starts. So, you know, I suppose the potential is there for Toronto to hit those 69 mile an hour curveballs out of the park. Uh, but his last four starts, he's only let two leave the park. Um, still, you know, we get the good Rich Hill or the bad Rich Hill. And for Bassett, he's only allowed one, he's only had one start where he allowed more than four hits. Uh, so, what I'm not going to do here is pick a side. I mean, there's too many variables because I, you know, I suspect the initial reaction of most betters Pirates are good, they're hitting. Bill throws cream puffs, this game sails over. But I think because of that, the total might be artificially high. I mean, yes, Hill does throw cream puffs. It's really annoying to watch teams miss that pitch when I think he's going to get creamed. Uh, and I think Toronto misses a few, and I think uh, Bassett doesn't get tagged. I think I think uh, Pittsburgh's offense now is maybe coming back to normal. Maybe it's some of, of the Tampa Bay Rays pitching staff, but um, I don't think they're just going to turn it back on. Uh, and I don't think Bassett's going to get tagged, so what I really like here is the first five under, my friend. Well, I told you I really did not have anything for this game. The two that I considered, and I wrote, I wrote one of them down, it was actually Pittsburgh money line. And reason being was the fact that they do have a slight advantage when it comes to the bullpens. And I was so unsure about both of these starting pitchers. And then at the same time, this Pirates team has been hot. Do I really want to jump off the train now when I'm getting plus money? with the Pirates at at home. I didn't know if I wanted to do that. That was a consideration. The one I ended up writing down, though, was the over eight and a half, just because Pirates are in the top, I believe it's top eight when it comes to OPS against uh, righties. Bassett sucks on the road. And then you already mentioned, flip side, Toronto was top eight against lefties, and Rich Hill sucks at home. Who knows? Maybe just put the over. But like I said, I, I didn't have a feel for this game at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a, t- it's a tough game. And I think for me, things that kept me off of Pittsburgh is that travel spot. Um, you know, they, you know, 
because they mentally kind of question themselves if Tampa Bay shuts them down again today because they've only scored one run in the last two games. Or, you know, do they do they do they get happy feet, score a few, and come home all excited? Uh, I don't like the travel spot, so I just couldn't quite get there. But um, other than that, yes, I would have to take Pittsburgh. Dave, actually, I got a question for you when it comes to travel spots, especially in baseball, because, you, you know, every team is traveling all the time. I have noticed kind of what you mentioned there, that it feels like teams that are coming up from, from the south way north struggle almost more than in staying in the same time zone. Like you mentioned, Pittsburgh coming up from Florida and then playing in the northern east coast feel like they have struggled more than whether it would be like uh we'll just say for fun guardians team traveling you know east or west one time zone if that makes sense yeah it does and i i mean I, I, there's two things i look at there i mean one of them is that first game back because you know and i think i've mentioned this before you know most of these guys have wives and kids and you know outside of baseball they have a, a normal life and you know, they come home from being gone for however long and, you know, the kids want to be all over them. The wife wants some me time. Here you go, honey. I'm going out to the movies with my girlfriend. Oh, by the way, I got a game tomorrow. I, I just think that sometimes they don't get time to refocus without a day off. And, you know, the other travel spots are obviously, like you said, more time zone related. I mean, I think we had a game last week where, uh, a the I don't know who was playing the Brewers I don't remember but it was a team that had uh, just been on the West Coast so and they're flying at night um they're losing two, yeah they're they're losing two hours uh uh in two time zones so that would be a tough spot for them you know teams gaining time going the other way maybe not quite as much of a factor but still a factor so. This is just me from just trying to notice things. I feel like when changing two plus time zones, it's definitely something that you notice and going very North or South, even if you're in the same time zone, I feel like is more inducive to maybe jet lag than a time zone over. Yeah. I mean, that's entirely possible. I mean, especially maybe this time of year. I mean, I know that Tampa Bay has a dome, so it doesn't matter, but, you know, if you're playing in Atlanta or, uh, you know, another Texas or some one of those teams where it's apt to be kind of hot this time of year, and then you go back to, well, just say Pittsburgh, you know, it could well be 60 and raining in Pittsburgh. I think that would make a big difference too. So, Dave, just to uh, transition here from baseball to the NBA playoffs, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA and so the first game here that we are looking at, uh, well, actually, we have a game on Thursday night tonight. It is the Lakers and Warriors. Warriors favored by six and a half. I know not a ton of people will get this, but I kind of lean with the late. Uh, sorry, the Warriors here. At I know it's six and a half now, but you could have got it at five and a half, six. And it's something because of what you said uh, days ago, and it was the fact that the Warriors lost game one, but they are one of the best teams that make adjustments. I totally agree with that. I just have a really hard time laying six and a half points in a playoff game when the Lakers have started out, you know, relatively well here. Um, you know, it stands to reason that 70% of the tickets and 84% of the money right now is on Golden State. So 
yeah, it's six and a half. But if you look at some sharp books, it it, it that went there fairly quickly. Um, and is that an overreaction? Is that everybody assuming, oh, Golden State at home, they're going to just rewrite the ship and kick the shit out of Los Angeles? And, you know, part of me hopes they does because I'm not a LeBron fan. But um, is it really that easy? I don't I don't think it is. So I'm going to pass. But if you made me, I would probably take the Lakers. And then moving on to Friday, uh, May 5th, we have the Celtics taking on the 76ers. Boston is favored on the road, minus the one and a half. And then the Nuggets taking on the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix favored by four at home. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could touch that Boston-Philadelphia game. I mean, right now, Boston's minus one, minus one and a half. You know, are they the better team? Yes. Is Embiid going to play? I don't know. I mean, the thing to me is, uh, like last week, I think one of the ones I gave out was the over if Embiid didn't play, and it sailed over. And I think I would do the same thing here. If uh, if Embiid doesn't play, I love the over. Uh, if he does play, I probably like the under, mainly because of his defense. I mean, people think the other way around, but I think it's with it with the 76ers, it's, it's, uh, they, they play faster when they don't have to go through and beat on every possession. So that would be how I would look at that game. The Denver game, you know, here we go. I mean, you know, a team down 0-2, uh, going back home, it opened five, now it's down to four. Um, you know, the tickets and money kind of favored Denver, but I mean, Phoenix just played like shit. I mean, I think they shot 30% in the first game from three and like 19% in the second game from three. Uh, and are they going to all of a sudden go home and start shooting well? I don't know. Denver seems to have found a defense. I think I would probably pass that game. If I had to bet it, I think Phoenix will at least come out with some energy. I'd probably bet uh, Phoenix in the first half. I mean, you can get that minus three or maybe even the money line. I mean, I think they, they at least come out with energy. And then the final NBA game I want to look at would be Saturday, May 6th, and that would be the New York Knicks taking on the Miami Heat. Miami Heat favored by three and a half here, uh, series tied one to one. I mean, why are we not taking the Heat? I mean, I gave you the Heat to win the Lakers, um, win the win the series. I think I gave the Heat out for that first game, and they won it outright, catching a bunch of points. I'm not going to jump off that bandwagon. I mean, I know Jimmy Butler may or may not play. Um, not sure about Julius Randle, uh, but either way. Uh, I would not take the Knicks. I, I think they are more of a paper tiger than Miami is. But obviously, well, let's wait and see how those two guys are going to, you know, what health they're going to be on come Saturday. And then the rest of the games, uh, the Warriors-Lakers Saturday night and the other two games on Sunday, I think we'll just let those lay because we want to see how the rest of the series kind of unfolds in front of us. So at least we did uh, break down some of the games from Thursday, Friday, and then the one on Saturday. Dave, very quickly here, anything you want to get out there for the Kentucky Derby? Because I'll, I'll admit it, I know zero about horses. Well, I mean, I, I do a fair bit of work, and I get a lot of people that ask me. I mean, there's a Japanese horse in there called Derma Sodagaki. Um, he is a contender. The only thing I don't like is, you know, he, he did well at the UAE Derby, but those guys have actually fared kind of poorly at Churchill Downs. Um, but he's 10 to one uh, for a reason. I, I hate his post position at 17. So I'd probably bet him to show uh, tap it twice. I think I'm going to bet to win. He's got a four race win streak. Uh, he's only five to one. 
He's trained by Scott Pletcher, who we know, uh, Todd Pletcher, who we know is a good trainer. Um, and he's got great pedigree. So I'm going to take Tabak Trice to win and Derma Sotogaki to go. And I have 100% faith in you because mine would be, what's the coolest name? Yeah. Well, my <laughs> wife's the same way. She's like, I want the gray to win. You know, the, the gray could be like borderline bigger than a pony and she would still want him to win. But yeah, they've had some crap going on at Churchill Downs. They've had some horses croak over the last couple of days. Bet the dogs one time and, and one's name was Nelly. So I go, this one's got to be mine. And it got out there and it was a whippet next to all the greyhounds. Smallest dog, shortest leg. I go, this has to be. And then it got dead last. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, probably, betting probably, probably only cost you two bucks, but those <laughs> yeah. are my derby picks. Sounds good. And so now, Dave, before the end of the podcast, let's give out our official Major League Baseball plays for Friday, May 5th. What are you going with? Because I'm trying to pick between two. And I'm going to take, take the Braves uh, run line first five innings. All right, that was actually one of the two that I was juggling. So if Dave is going to go with the Atlanta Braves in the first five innings on the run line, I am going to take the Cincinnati Reds on the money line. Right now they are slightly dogs at minus 105 and the White Sox coming back at minus 115. Uh, So there you have it, our two official plays for Major League Baseball. Dave is going to go with the Atlanta Braves in the first five on the run line, minus half a run. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Reds on the money line. Uh, Dave, let's just keep pounding away here and continuing to uh, make some money in Major League Baseball and give out really good content with the NBA playoffs and even throw in a little derby. Hey, let's hope. I mean, I feel pretty good about the work. Let's hope that these uh, teams and horses get the memos. Again, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Dave is at Dave Essler. And you can find his work at pregame.com. Be sure to click subscribe, follow us, download the podcast. And until then, let's continue to make some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe. Yeah.